Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. I'm Jay Bratt, a VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for tonight's podcast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who's in love with game design and VR. And introducing our newest host, Lipnox. Lipnox, can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lipnox, YouTube extraordinaire, or so or so I'm, I'm called apparently. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do reviews on mostly indie VR games and sometimes some of the more mainstream things <clears throat> like the uh, topic of today's video for the most part, I think. Nice, nice. And our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, followed by some of the latest and greatest in VR news. And then we discuss some of the games we played recently. And let me tell you, we have a treat for you today. And we discuss VR concepts related to those. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here in VR. We're interacting as if we're really together in one room because VR really makes you feel like you are. So check out our YouTube channel if you want to see us in our lovely virtual faces. First up on our Q&A, we have a question from Starsight. Lip, would you mind reading off this question? What's your favorite VR FPS game? And we have options here. It says Onward or Pavlov. And they also want to know Gorn or Blades and Sorcery. Oh boy, this is a heavily debated one. <laughs> Jay, I know that you've spent a lot of time in, in all four of these games. What are your thoughts? Well, as far as which one's the better, first-person shooter of Onward or Pavlov, I'm going to say Contractors. Uh, I, I just personally, something about it I like better. I don't think better. that was one of the options. Me either. And uh, what do you guys think about Gorns or Blade and Sorcery, though? Well, you see, uh, I've well, never I played, played Gorns. Oh. I, I never played Blade and, Blade and Sorcery because I knew <laughs> I would love Blade and Sorcery. So I purposely held back on it almost as like a way of saving it because I only got the PC VR set up last November. So Blade and Sorcery is one of those like ones I'm like, the longer I wait, the better a game is going to be anyways. So True. Although the more Blade and Sorcery wins that, I guess. <laughs> Adam, you've never played Gorn? I've never played Gorn. I know it's uh, supposed to be one of these like VR classics. I just I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, it, it's like an OG VR game. And uh, I want to say it came out before Blade and Sorcery. I think Blade and Sorcery stole a lot of their thunder was what happened. Uh, we got another question from our what, our newest member to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast Discord. Welcome. Just Rez asks, he says, obviously VR has loads of accessories to improve immersion. Some affordable, others not. With things like the VR treadmills allowing you to move in game, do you think these big price tags on these accessories are worth it? Does the immersion value outweigh the price? Now, <laughs> I mean, that's a question of, you know, how much is $300 to you? Because... To me, it might be totally different than to Adam, or especially to Rip, if you remember him. Uh, <laughs> so, to me, I bought a sub pack. Goes on your your back or your chest, rumbles sound into you, and it really can add the games. And I mean, at three hundred and fifty dollars, that was a ton to spend, but it was absolutely worth how much I got out of it. So I know these things are going to be a lot, and you might not even use it forever. But for the times you get in and the, you lose yourself in a moment in a game and you really believe you're there, like, it's worth it. What do you two think? <laughs> I think, I think for, 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 for me, I think it really comes down to what kind of games you play and whether or not those accessories are going to hugely help you. Because yeah. I think, like, for something like, uh, like we checked out we checked out Neos, 
that has full facial tracking, full body tracking, all these eye tracking, all these things. And it's like, oh, if you got the toys, you can get a lot out of that, but you can only use those in a in things like Neos. So if you're not going to play Neos, you're probably not going to want facial tracking. And I think that's what it comes down to is, is the applications you're spending time in already, are they enhanced to that price equivalency? Because even the haptic vests, I mean, they like B haptics is having a ton of support for things. You can use the, the woo jet, I think it's called or Wooger. Hmm. Uh, and that has, you know, ability to use audio for, for rumble and everything. So it's like, you know, if you're playing the right games or the right activities, I 100% think the price is worth it. But I mean, the price goes high. Those Tesla suits, they go up to like five grand. So I mean, to some people that are, are taking things intensely, you get those like cat treadmills and everything. Like, I mean, I just can't afford that stuff. I have an even more important question. Is this how you look in real life? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, you can see how I look in real life. My YouTube is... My thumbnail, like my, my, it's a picture of me in my thumbnail. I mean, I've seen you I just in thumbnail, like this avatar, but, but all this I, could I just be like the way avatar. You, you dress rather than like the way you look. I guess, like, I wondered if you actually <laughs> dress. I, like I, this. I, I, I don't, I don't have the nail polish. I don't, I don't have any of this stuff. The, the only, <laughs> basically, I saw an avatar I liked, and uh. I just wanted to put my hat on it, hat logo on it, and that was as easy as it was because I find, to be perfectly honest, I don't really like the Ready Player Me avatars, and. Pretty much everything, everyone on VR chat these days dresses like these types of characters. So mm-hmm. for the general aesthetic, it just looks better to be one of these characters. Just fit in. The face kind of reminds me of Ocarina of Time Link, though. Interesting. kind of got that like fierce deity Link. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I, I'll, we'll get away from the personal questions. Adam, there was another question on the podcast, right? We did. We had one more question, and this was from Kaylee Eliza VR. And she asks, I also wonder, are there any apps or games to wind down? Uh, I recently downloaded the mobile app Luna, which gives you a rather immersive soundscapes to sort of lull you to sleep eventually. But I'd love something like this in VR. And painting my own environment doesn't really have the same effect. Have you guys come across anything like that on SideQuest yet? So th- I mean, this it, is an I, interesting I, question. I, I, yeah, it sounds like Lip has an answer, though. I think for me, like when you say winding down, it's like depends on how you like to wind down. I mean, to, <laughs> to me, winding down is 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 picking up Gladius VR and chopping someone's head off. But <laughs> that's that's prob- probably not what she was meaning with the question. Uh, but in terms of relaxing applications, uh, I would I would say there's just there's a ton of these like architect type of like building ones where they have these houses that you can go through or apartments you can go through. And they're like display homes. And I don't know, I don't know what it is about those types of applications, but I love going in them because there's just, there's no winning, there's no losing. It's just exploring things in VR. And that, in terms of actually winding down, like the question's supposed to be, I think, <laughs> that is definitely what I like to do on SideQuest, at least, because those are usually pretty high quality apps. In a lot of cases, they're actually from major travel companies or real estate companies. That's interesting. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. And I'm going to say something pretty bold. I don't think that VR is the best way to um, wind down. (laughs) Because especially with what she's talking about with this this mobile app to help kind of lull lull her to sleep, VR isn't the medium for that. 
VR is supposed to be fully immersive and it's a bit of a hassle to like get set up and you normally are standing and you're moving around interacting with these VR environments. VR really isn't the medium to strap onto your face right before you go to bed or to wind down um, before you go to sleep for things like that. Obviously, it's gaming. Everyone can relax with gaming and just to like decompress. But to really wind down, I don't know if VR is the best for that. I, I will say, I, yeah, th- I, I, feel I like agree with you on that. <laughs> no, yeah, no matter what you play or do, it's pretty hard to take it off and go to bed. One of those <laughs> things. Like you don't just take it off and go straight to bed. So there are cool ways to relax for sure. You know, I don't know about SideQuest specifically, but there's a, even some apps I've seen that you can put your like, you can Bluetooth your phone to it and then your phone screen will show up inside of it. So you can like be relaxing on the beach, but if something pops up on your phone, it still shows up while you're relaxing. So yeah, I can relax you. I don't think it'll put you to bed ever. <laughs> tell that to the guy that, that was a PSVR you know, spent- app. Yeah, tell that to the yep. guy that spent like two weeks in VR and slept in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he did, but I'm sure that messed his sleep up royally. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but those are some great questions from our community. Um, if you have a question that you want answered in VR, be sure to head over into our Discord um, and ask your question there, and we'll hopefully get around to it in a future episode. But let's head into the news today. Jay, what do we got for our first story? Adam, do you know what State of Play is? I can't say that I do. So that's an event. It's usually, what, every month? Uh, they have uh, Sony drops announcements of new games and new exciting stuff coming. And typically, it it always kind of disappoints, especially for us PSVR fans, to the point where most of us <laughs> weren't watching this last one when they announced, guess what is coming to PlayStation VR? Moss Book 2. We know it's coming. We know it's going to be on PlayStation VR. We don't know if it's exclusive to PlayStation VR. We don't even know if it's coming out this year, but they've said it is coming. So basically, we know nothing. <laughs> we know that it exists. <laughs> yeah. They, they had a little trailer. We got to see a little something. Uh, did either of you guys play Moss, the first one? Uh, I just want to say, I legitimately didn't watch that state of play because everyone I've watched, which I have watched everyone before that, disappointed me so much <laughs> that I just didn't watch this one. So it's kind of funny. The one I don't watch, they actually announced something. But I did play Moss Book 1, and I did love it. I played it yep. after it was updated, though, so I got the extra content included with my first playthrough. Adam? I did not play Moss. Now, for the viewers, or for maybe someone like me, that maybe... I, I know I recognize the name, and I know it's a classic. How about you explain the game a little bit? So it's kind of... It's a third-person game. You are the spirit helping Quill, this mouse through this whole adventure world. So you stay out of the mouse, but you control the mouse. And then at times there'll be like a big block. The mouse can't move. You have to move the block physically yourself out of its way. And then the mouse can proceed on. Uh, it's a cool game. It's definitely more puzzle than anything else. Like, like okay. it kind of markets itself as action, but it's a lot more puzzles. Well, that's really interesting. And was it a really good game? Was it really well received? People loved it. It's very cute. I think cause it's, it's, it's big points. What do you think? I mean, the gameplay was, it was, it did what it was supposed to do. I I think it was a bare bones experience that was so highly polished visually and artistically that any of the shortcomings that come with the mostly simplistic combat and, you know, pretty generic cutie cutter types of puzzles, you quickly forgot about because you were just blown away by how good everything looked. 
I think one big issue with the game originally was the length, but they mm-hmm. updated it later and added like an hour extra, hour and a half extra. So when I played it, it was, you know, it was a five hour experience start to finish. And to me, you know what, for the price it was, it, it wasn't, I think it was $40 when it came out, maybe $30, uh, something like that. But it wasn't a full release title. And, you know, you kind of expect these shorter titles on VR these days. So I, I'm excited for more. Same. Well, that's awesome. If it if it ever comes to Steam VR, I'll I'll have to try it out. You can still try Moss One. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, I got some other games that I'm excited to tell you guys about that I'm right in the thick of. <laughs> All right. How about uh, some more news then, Adam? I'm glad to. So there's this new headset that's coming out. It was originally announced as a whopping fifteen hundred dollar AR headset for enterprise big business customers the Lynx r1 is undergoing a radical change and they're streamlining it and slimming it down and they're getting ready to retail it to customers for just a few hundred dollars making it one of the few headsets trying to compete in the same market as the quest 2 now this is a really big deal it, it is a kind of a goofy looking headset let's say i included a picture for all the hosts to see it a little bit yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but it looks real goofy. It looks like a headband that just goes around your face and then a brick that just sits right <laughs> in front of your eyes. <laughs> you remember those? What were those things kids used to play with? Uh, you'd put it up on your eyes and you'd see a picture through it and then you'd click, 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 and the pictures would change inside of it. You remember Jay, that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure orange. no one born in the last 20 years. Oh, knows my what you're God. Come about. on. <laughs> I, remember, I know what those are. I know Wonder what those are. Vision. I don't know what the hell they are. I don't called. remember what they're called, but I remember what they are. Yeah. I used to have one that was a projector. It was like an X-Men toy. You'd put those little like things in, and it would display it on the wall as a projector. Right. But, but it looks exactly like that, except it's strapped to your head now. Yeah, all um, the time. You can't escape it. <laughs> apparently, it, it does come with a an extra attachment to actually hook it to your face um, to block up peripheral light. And that'll make it look more like a traditional VR headset. But all the pictures that you'll look up of this thing look goofy. But the reason why it looks like this is that this is both an AR and a VR headset. Um, So it has crazy quality cameras that are able to project um, like a really good image of the room in full color and then put virtual objects into that room um and it's a really cool concept and retailing at just a few hundred dollars is what they're saying it, yeah now because it's going to be so much cheaper i was reading about that so the one of the components is so much cheaper they could sell it for that little that's crazy so yeah, well they, they just confirmed... started ripping out things yeah what was that had they confirmed the price point because the article i read said that it would be a headset under a thousand dollars that could be as low as a couple hundred dollars but they it seemed like the price point was it could be anywhere from two hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. So the creator, the the creator, there's no confirmed price point yet. Uh, it's currently going undergoing a couple of Kickstarter campaigns or things of that nature. They're trying to get venture funding. Um, the creator of this headset made a statement that said it would retail for a few hundred dollars. So whatever you take that to mean, but they're hoping to land it right in the same market as the Quest Two. Which for me, that kind of means that they're shooting for no more than four hundred dollars. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know. In, in response to the headset itself, though, I love the way it looks. It actually, 
basically is the first headset I've seen that I'm like, I am seriously considering this because it's basically built the way that I wear my Quest because I have the counterweights in the back of my Quest with the halo strap. And then I have my Quest headset basically floating in front of my face. And my Quest doesn't, my, the front part of my Quest doesn't actually touch my cheeks at all. So because of that, I'm looking at this headset. I'm like, hey, they, they basically are making a headset for me. And now they're adding in AR, which I'm super interested and excited about. That that to me is, especially considering the price point, is, is all win. But we haven't seen controllers yet. And I don't know so about the price for sure. That shocks me because nothing about this screams appealing to me about this headset. <laughs> it just looks like you tied a like a sweatband to an iPad and then hang hung that in front of your face. <laughs> Isn't that like, the like nothing, is, nothing about this headset looks good to me. And one of the main problems, and this is something that you brought up, it doesn't ship with controllers. You have to get extra controllers. And it says that they're supporting all these different uh, third-party controllers. And it, it all works with SteamVR and everything like that. But we're talking a couple hundred dollar VR headset that doesn't come with controllers it's going to make it a little bit of a harder sell. Plus, those controllers, if you're coming from Oculus, it's probably not going to support Oculus controllers, which means you're going to be having to buy base stations for Vive controllers or Index controllers. So that's going to increase the cost. Almost certainly. But we don't have a ton of information on this headset yet. It's currently undergoing a Kickstarter campaign uh, for some various aspect of it. I didn't look into it too much. It's not like it's my job or anything, right? <laughs> um, but if you're interested in this headset, go and check it out. It's the Lynx R1, and uh, it might be your next headset. It could be. Or it might never come out, and you might have spent money on a Kickstarter that takes your money and doesn't come out. I wonder what the they percentage. Need hope. They need hope. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the percentage hey, just... is of don't get funded ones. I feel like it's probably a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm always worried because I see these amazing products on Kickstarter. And I'm like, you do realize, like, I, I have to tell myself that, okay, it might not actually come out. You might just get nothing, or it might come out and be <laughs> something totally different. You so, just get nothing. Oh, it's so depressing. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Adam, <laughs> you, you alluded <laughs> earlier in the podcast, but we had some games to talk about. Uh, how do we want to do this? I think we all played one of the games this week. How, who should talk first? Should it be whoever's played the most. What should it be? Uh, well, I mean, we could we could argue we could say who's played the furthest in the game, which I believe is I don't know how far you've played. See, I played the first hour and a half twice, <laughs> so so that's how much I've played. It's kind of <laughs> I'm definitely okay. the furthest in the game then. So it's he's weird, the furthest, yeah. and then I guess I'm in the middle. I don't know. Okay. Well, you know, know we you could scale. spend all of our time debating about who should talk about the game, <laughs> but I'm just going to go ahead and start talking about the game. <laughs> So this week, we all played a brand new VR title called Sniper Elite VR. This is a game that had been promised for a long time by the Sniper Elite team and was just released to Steam VR and PSVR this week. Is it also on the Oculus Store? Yeah, Oculus it and is Oculus also Quest. on the Oculus Store and Oculus Quest Store. So it is a big um, cross-console title and... Uh, the if you've ever played a Sniper Elite game, it feels very similar to a traditional Sniper Elite game. You are a lone sniper, sometimes working with some buddies on the ground, creeping an inch in your way from sniping positions, taking out high-value targets, and more or less 
causing mayhem all the way across Italy as you shoot your way to victory. Um, it is at the same time a really stealthy shooting and a run and gun shooter. Um, but we all have some pretty different experiences with the game. Um, so that's a brief overview. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to the overview of Sniper Elite VR? Anything that the user needs to know? No, I think if if you like sniping, if you like World War II, you'll be into it. It should also be noted it is a cross-buy if you do buy it for the Oculus. And if you buy it for the PlayStation VR, it supports the AIM controller. Yes, it does. So let's go in and talk about our experiences with the game. I know that we've all played varying amounts of Sniper Elite. Uh, so let's go over with the JJ. I know that you were able to just start dipping your toes into the water, but you tried it on two different platforms. What was your experience like with that? Well, I started out on Oculus, Rift, no gun stock. And, of course, first thing in the game looks gorgeous. You're like, wow, this looks really nice. The guy talking about his family and stuff, it all, it all feels very real. Uh, the voice acting is surprising. Uh, and then you end up on the ground and you have to quickly get your gun, get your bullets, and get to war. And, of course, the first thing, I, it was like, okay, I've, I've played some Pavlov, I've played some, I'm, I'm getting decent at holding my hands, like, exactly in place and trying to do this. But for sniping, it's a little harder than normal. So I was like, I was so glad they added that focus mode. You could kind of slow things down and get your shot right because it was hard. And then, but though you get that shot and it it has the kill cam, that was so cool. I'd never played a Sniper Elite game, so I had no idea that was coming when it happened. Yeah, so for the viewers who've never played a Sniper Elite game, when you get um, a one-shot kill or you hit a vital organ, what will often happen is the game will slow down. It'll focus in and you get this x-ray view of your target's body. And you can watch as the bull enters and just rips apart organs and bones as it passes through. <laughs> it's kind of like Mortal Kombat Fatality where they show <laughs> like they punch and then you see it inside their body. What's happening. It's kind of like that. I've seen some movies do it too. the x-ray <laughs> vision when someone gets punched or something. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I guess I didn't really say like a overall good bad. So like, what did you guys think? Is this like a must buy now, or is this like a wait for a sale game? What do you think about well, it? Well, I, I think for for me, I I had issues where these when the, when my first I played the Steam version and the controller alignment was off. So basically, where my second hand is is where my hand would be, and this is where my controller would be. That makes sense. It was a good, you know, two inches off of where your actual hand is, which is a considerable distance. So I think I I think I played like six, six or seven missions that way. And then I was like, okay, we got to I got to wait for this to be patched to like complete the game because I don't want to finish the game with the controls being off the entire time. And it's not it it was perfectly playable, but it was frustrating. The controls are fixed. I got to play it again today with the controls being fixed. And it's way easier to use sniper rifle and things like that. The main thing for me, I think, with the game, and I know a lot of people have been apparently either don't like it or do like it, is, like you said, it's a sniper elite game. If you don't want to play a sniper elite game, this isn't going to randomly become some AAA game that you're going to love if you don't love that game anyways. But I think the sniper elite is a franchise that's been around for a long time. It's a high-quality franchise. And I think that the gimmick... And gimmicks it have or has makes up for areas where the gameplay is maybe lacking a bit. It doesn't usually flood you with the same style of gameplay over and over again. If 
you're doing sniper things, the next mission will be a lot more open-ended. Maybe you're, you know, working towards an area, then you're at the top of a tower sniping guys, then you're working your way down from that area. So it does a good job pacing all those things together. I just think that a lot of the VR mechanisms in the game feel like a game that is a couple years old and they don't really feel as as smooth as, as at least the games that I'm more used to playing in like things like Pavlov and Onward and things like that. And that sort of takes it away from being that like amazing must have game to sort of it's kind of like an eight, eight, eight out of ten kind of game for me, I think. Well, I'm going to hop in here. Um, I disagree with you a little bit because I think that this is absolutely a 10 out of 10 must-buy game. (laughs) In fact, it is the only thing stopping me from playing this game right now is the fact that I'm on the podcast having to tell you about it. (laughs) Um, Often in the podcast, and I know that this has been brought up in a lot of our previous episodes where there's just a lack of these big budget vr titles where they're really high quality there's a lot of content and instead we're just getting a lot of these uh, more indie titles this is absolutely filling that need for a high quality existing franchise to come into vr and let me tell you in my opinion in many ways they have blown it away this game offered everything that i wanted in a sniper elite game so you have interesting missions and mission layouts where you can approach it in several different paths you have all sorts of different weapons. You can go in guns blazing or you can go in stealthily and quietly with a silenced pistol or wait for that plane to fly overhead so you can knock out the target with no one seeing. You have gun progression uh, where you can um, upgrade your guns where if you get particular kills in certain ways, you unlock these progression for the weapons. It is literally everything I have wanted in a game and I really got to hand it off to um who oh it's a uh, rebellion i think it's rebellion is the studio yeah, with sniper elite vr i think they blew it out of the water there are definitely some quirks and it's obvious that this is the first time making a vr title which is a little unfortunate but in terms of gameplay in my opinion they blew it out of the water okay well i would say on pc the game looks cool i, I already went over that I would give it an 8 out of 10 on PC. And I wasn't even having these glitches. I was on Oculus. You heretics. (laughs) But when I played this on PlayStation VR with the AIM controller, it became a 10 out of 10 experience. It didn't even matter that it didn't look as good on PSVR because obviously it still seems like it hasn't even had like a PS4 Pro patch. Like this is PS4 only power. And it was, you know, it had some blur. It had that. But with that AIM controller in my hands, the kills that I could get, it was amazing. It just, but the only problem, go ahead, go ahead. So um, if if you do think if you had a rifle stock for your quest controller or your rift <laughs> controllers, do you think that was the sole difference maker? I think, or it, do you think it still would? I think make it would have helped the PC version if I was using my gun stock. But at the same time, they're still wonky. You still have to like rip your controller out of it to do your reloading. So it's still not going to be as immersive as holding something that feels like it could actually be the rifle. I also have one other counterpoint since we're on the topic. So one issue I'm finding is that since I'm using these snipers, all the sniper rifles that I've been using have been one shot, then you have to reload, which tires my arm out reloading after every shot. But Adam was saying he has a rifle that has, I think you said eight shots? Ten shots, yeah. Ten Ten shots. So I'm wondering, 
if having a rifle like that, suddenly the huge advantage that the PS aim controller has, maybe maybe at like the end game, if you're replaying levels, isn't as important. Yeah, it's possible. At least in that regard. I was I was only in the beginning, but like everything about it was just so much better with the aim controller. The only thing I fear, because the game's what, about a five hour game I read? I I read a seven hour campaign. Okay. It, so, honestly, the levels could be either or, because if the one level he told me about, we played the level completely different. Yeah. yeah. So, like, our length and the level was probably totally different. Well, that's what I was going to say about the aim control. It makes it fast. I got through a mission that took me 14 minutes on PC in, like, six minutes on PSVR. <laughs> because oh, wow. you are moving fast. And also, with the aim controller, you don't have to do a manual reload. You're not taking your hand off, clunkily reaching around for your ammo belt, pulling your thing back. It just did that part for you, which obviously that's not as realistic. But man, it made it so much more of an action-packed game because it wasn't like shoot, hide, fiddle with the rifle, shoot. It was like shoot, 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 run. It was it was crazy. But you know that's one of the things about this game because all of those options do exist on the PC version as well for like automatic reloads and things like that. There's a ton of different difficulty settings with all these various options that the game, depending on how you want to play it, can be completely different. You can put on automatic reloads and no bullet drop, so it turns into this run-and-gun experience where you're just blazing your way through levels, or you can turn it on the hardest difficulty where if you're seen, they're going to shoot you and you're going to die. So you're ending up stealthily crawling your way through levels, waiting for sound for that perfect shot in just the right way so you can angle the shot onto the guy. It's... There's a lot of different ways to play this game. And I've tried a couple of the different options. It feels pretty good on all of them. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You're starting to win me over on your 10 out of 10. I don't know if I would say that high, but I definitely <laughs> think you, you, you've made some good points to the value of it. And I think that both me and Jay didn't play it as stealthily as you did and didn't <laughs> take advantage of all the mechanics. Because you said like you were hiding under, like you went for an airplane to go so that it would create a distraction, and then you took the enemy out. Yeah, like, so I wouldn't let's have talk done about, that. Let, let's talk about one level, and one of the levels that we played completely differently, Lip and I, because we were t- chatting about it a little bit before the show. Uh, without too much spoilers, you are in a, um, you're in a tower, and you need to church take out... Uh, you, yeah, you're church. in a church tower, and you need to take out an enemy general. Now, what Lip did is... As soon as he got uh, sights on the enemy, he blew him away and then spent the next like 10 or 15 minutes fighting off hordes of angry enemies that got pissed off that their general just died. (laughs) Um, As I was sitting in the tower, just endlessly sniping, switching to the next thing, sniping, switching to the next thing, sniping. Yeah. And how long did you say that mission took you? It was it was definitely one of the longer. I think I think the total time for the mission was like 17 minutes. Wow. You see, and that same mission for me took about three minutes, <laughs> uh, maybe four or five. But in that same mission, playing it completely differently, you can set it up so that um, something happens. A ship lets out a foghorn and there's a lot of sound in the air so they can't hear your bullet. And you can angle it in just such a way so that you shoot the general and he, uh, he falls out of sight without anyone noticing. And so you just have to make that one perfect shot. You have to wait a couple minutes for that one shot. But once you make it, he drops down 
and you leave the mission and you don't have to kill anyone else. So we played it completely differently. And the game supports both of those styles of play. I, I love this game. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> now, <laughs> But now I'm see, really having a lot of fun. Yeah, how many you've played Sniper Elite games before, I take it? I have indeed. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I feel like I almost feel a little ripped off right now. As someone who hasn't, I feel like they should have maybe made this more clear that, they, that there is these two ways to play because I felt like that wasn't an option because it was weird because in one level it was like you've been spotted or you've alerted or something and I was like I was like that seems like a hitman thing to be saying like it seems like I, I can play this but I was like I didn't think stealth was an option I oh. thought you just snipe and run through it that is actually a really good point um the only reason that I know all of these little intricate features is because I've played Sniper Elite 4, which is where all the assets and the um, and the locations are all from. Sniper Elite 4 has a really good tutorial and it teaches you about all these things like, hey, you got to wait for planes to fly overhead and you can muffle your sound or you can like kick a generator to cause a distraction. It teaches you none of these things <laughs> in Sniper yeah. VR. Sniper Elite VR. Technically speaking, when it gives you that sniper pistol, it does tell you what it's for and that you can like silently take people out. I just chose not to use it. <laughs> well, that was like the last, that was like the last mission of the missions I played when you got that, like, yeah, right that's what end. I was thinking. So it was like, it was, it was, like, it was oh. farther into the game. Yeah. On the, the other thing too, is that, you know, like I, I sort of dabbled with it, but it doesn't make it clear is you can go and like change your loadout, but you only get, it only forces you to go to that room one time. But if you mm-hmm. go back to that room after you've played a bunch of missions, you see like your walls lined with all the weapons you've picked up. And I didn't really like clue into this, but he's saying that you can upgrade the weapons or you can get some, like I know I saw some stats thing, but I thought they were just for, you know, personal stats. But I guess there's some sort of tier to like level up the weapons in some way too. Which there to is me, a progression. Like, Whoa. I, yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, if you hold the weapon sideways, a stat card shows up that shows your progression with kills. Or, um, so normally, like for the first tier of progression, you just have to get 100 kills. For the next tier, you have to get kills in a particular way, like, for example, uh, sh- kidney shots, right? <laughs> or shooting grenades off people's belts, which you can totally do. Um, there's lots of interesting challenges and in progression to master the gun. Well, and on top of that, how many guns would you say is in the game? I mean, that just the, just the sniper rifle wall alone, they look like there must have been spots for at least 20 guns. Maybe I'm I, exaggerating, but... No, I would say of the guns that I've seen so far, there's at least 20 guns. And there's probably in total about 30 guns between the um, between your rifles, your SMGs, your pistols, and other special weapons that you can find in the game. There, there's a lot plus, of variety. Plus, it's only like a $30 game, so it's not even full. It's $30, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, so to me, even, this is a full, full $60 game. I, I would gladly that, that, pay that, that's $60. That's why when I'm like starting to get on the side, I'm like, hey, you know what, like... <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's an bold. 8 out of 10 if I consider it based on 60 <laughs> but, you know, based on 30 I'm like, yeah, there is a lot to this. 40 bucks, I would say. Because, I mean, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners was 40 bucks, And I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't say that this quite stands up to that. Well, that, that game should have been sixty bucks. That was it that should was have. It should have been. It should have been up there with Half Life, Alex. At least fifty. It definitely was yeah. worth it. But yeah, I, I don't think sixty. I would. I would be feeling some buyer's remorse, maybe at sixty. Forty. I, I that's would have been fair. Fine. Yeah, that's fair. 
But I would say for someone who is coming from Sniper Elite and really enjoyed that game, this game is everything I could have wanted in a in a VR game. Well, and someone who loves sniping and World War II, you're like the perfect audience for this game. I am I am the yeah. perfect trifecta for someone that would love this game. And, you know, I guess it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Uh, we spent some time checking out something totally different. Uh, Lip, you were in there the longest. Do you want to kind of tell everybody what this was about? What it is, what so, it was So there's another social app. I know most people know of, you know, Altspace, VR Chat, and Rec Room. But there's another one on PC that's been around for four years. It hasn't been hugely popular. Uh, but it's starting to, it's you know, it's getting more and more traffic as more and more people are checking it out. And I think in a lot of ways, because it supports things like we mentioned earlier on, like the facial tracking, things like that, people are checking it out for that alone too. But basically, it's a social platform of checking out worlds like VR chat that we checked out and took a look at. And it's called I don't know if Neos, you guys want to. Neos VR? Neos? Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's some special way they, they had pronounced that that was like it. Uh, <laughs> Neos. Knows? Right. Neos. Yeah. <laughs> Neos VR. Uh, well, yeah, we got in. We met some random dudes. Luckily, a guy named Timotim, I think that was his name, uh, helped us out. Because it is, you can tell it's a work in progress. This is not a polished at all game. This feels like you're still in the developer's room when you get into this game and you're trying to figure out how to play it. The UI is not friendly. It's not self, it's semi self explanatory. And it's just like so raw. But that was what excited me about it. Because when you saw some of the things, there's no like, maybe Adam can explain this better than I can, but like, the 3D modeling is much simpler, I guess, so people can bring in whatever they want. And they can edit it in application too. Right, yeah, so the modeling is easier. You can import assets from basically anywhere. Um, And they have a really incredible scripting language for a lot of these different avatars and objects that you can bring into the game that lets you do some pretty crazy stuff. So like one of us was a Spider-Man character and was able to swing around in this game. And one of us uh, and I became, uh, what's that? Like Mr. Fantastic with like super stretchy arms and you can just have your arms go crazy all over the place. And these are all rules that aren't built into the game. It's just made using the scripting language that allows for incredible flexibility for avatars and experiences that you can have in neos vr now uh, i did have a little bit of trouble in neos vr i will say it is definitely a work in progress but it just really shows the potential of the game uh but what about some of the experiences you guys had i wasn't able to experience any of them but uh what about some of the worlds that you're able to see in neos vr i think for me in regards to the menu system it almost feels like a debug menu you would get in like a cheat code game or something (laughs) where you're like, Oh, suddenly I have a billion things, but there's so many options that you're squinting your eyes to even read what all of them do. And half of them don't do say, say something you don't understand what it does. I think that's (laughs) the biggest reason it's so confusing. So for all these technical guys, they're like, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. But to me, it's like, I see a TV remote with a thousand buttons, (laughs) (laughs) but basically in terms of worlds, which is the sole thing that I'm usually into for these kind of apps, I've sort of gone around, and one thing with Neos, unlike VRChat, is VRChat loads the world first, and then you load into it. With Neos, it kind of loads the world around you, so you kind of see the world being built around you, so you sort of see the assets in their black without textures form, and then they slowly 
build up to being complete, which honestly kind of creeps me out a lot of the time and <laughs> sometimes makes me not want to even I like I want to leave the world afterwards because I'm like, uh, I kind of feel this uneasy, almost like liminal feeling seeing them get like built in front of me like that because it makes it takes away the immersion almost. But one of the worlds that we the me and Jay checked out that is one of my favorites that I've checked out is this Tron roller coaster one. And honestly, I, I'm more curious what Jay's thought is because it was one of the only worlds he checked out that was a real world. Uh, it, I've done a lot of VR roller coasters, so it was fine. Uh, I remember thinking that it was way smoother than it would have been in VR chat if someone had made that same thing. But it, it looked good. It looked like the world of Tron, but Tron's world is pretty dark and, you know, neon lights. Uh, it was cool. I wish there was louder music as I was going through it. I was like, man, if the Tron music was really going, I'd be jamming a little bit more with this. But it was it was cool. You could tell someone had been able to build it all themselves. Uh, and I liked that, but it definitely didn't blow my mind as far as like what roller coasters can be like in VR because I've been in just too many, I think, at this point. I'm hard to what surprise. What about how roller coasters inside of social VR apps can be, though? Oh, yeah. that's that. I guess I started saying I didn't finish that part. But yeah, this thing, like if this was in VR chat, it would be an absolute mess. And in Neos, <laughs> though, it moved like it moved like I felt like a developer made it like someone who knew what they were doing. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, I, just think too... that it's, oh, I, I just think that it's really cool. It's Neos VR definitely has the potential. Um, but will it ever be simple enough for a person who's new to the VR space to be able to just pick it up and play. I, I think but, this is where they got to make like a version at the beginning. It's like, are you pro or casual or something? And you have to like <laughs> have this separate experience. Cause you'll have these people that are like the ones who commission creations and make people inventions and sell them to them. And those will be the ones that play the, the hardcore programmer side. And then there'll be the world of just social butterflies floating around. I think with Neos, the thing that makes it just the step above any of the other ones is the inventory and the fact that not only can your avatar itself have all this scripting and code, but you can drop items at any point that are completely their own items in any world. So if you want to drop a game, like I dropped a game screen and it was just, it was like a tech demo one. I don't think the game was very good, but it was basically you drop a game screen and you can suddenly play a game in front of you in the middle of the world just from your inventory you drop all these tools and weapons and all sorts of things and they're just they're just all there and i think it kind of opens up the idea of like you know why isn't vr chat like that why can't my character have a sword that i literally can just pull out from my inventory you know why does it need to be attached to the avatar specifically and i have to like press a grab button to grab it and it just sort of randomly shows up and i think that you know it's with with Neos, if they don't if they don't figure out how to make it user friendly, they'll never capture that audience, and eventually, VR chat or someone else will have these features. But I, I hope they do because I I like those features. I mean, I like VR chat. Give me VR chat with more stuff to do, and that's a win for me. Mm-hmm. It definitely felt like uh, that to me. This game with the right funding and the right people on board, this could be the closest to the Ready Player One Oasis than VR chat ever could. Like, it, yeah. you can tell anyone can make something in this game and they take it anywhere and it's always an item. It definitely felt like it had the legs to become that, unlike VR Chat or Rec Room, any of those. Right. But the potential is one thing. And looking at the current state, it, it just feels a little bit unwieldy right now. 
And so I feel like we're a couple years down the line from that. Oh yeah, we're we're more than a couple, but I don't think I don't think anybody's gonna nail it that soon, sadly. All right, cool. And with that, we're going to wrap up today's podcast. As always, if you join us on our Discord server, we have a really good community there. Uh, you can ask us questions in the Q and A section, and we'll be able to answer those questions on our podcast. Um, you can even provide suggestions and influence which games we talk about and which games we play. You can also chat about all things VR with a really enthusiastic community. Or you can be a patron and be a direct supporter of this podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, maybe on your way to work, uh, consider checking out the YouTube channel. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can take us wherever you want to go on the road or at home. We're on every possible podcast platform and if you find one we're not on let me know because i'm pretty sure we're on all of them (laughs) but as always thank you so much for listening and remember that when it comes to vr you have to dive on in in. and one more thing if you've played sniper elite and you're in the comment section of youtube let us know what you thought (laughs) agreed